As we're talking about vision, though, what we're talking about today is how you can walk in the vision that God has already yeah. given you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and as we're talking about this, it's really important for us to not lose sight of the vision. Not just, well, we've, talked, we've been talking all week on vision. You know, like, if you haven't watched uh, the previous broadcast, I would encourage you to go back and watch them. But as we've been talking about vision, one of the things we've been talking about was making sure that the devil doesn't distract you from that vision. And a lot of times the devil tries to distract us from the vision that God has already given to us in his word mm -hmm. by getting us to, to focus on other things, you know, things that we see or, or, vision, or, or uh, a vision that we made up ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, like, and so if we want to fulfill the vision that God has given to us, we need to make sure that we don't get distracted um, from the vision that God yeah. has given us. Like a, a couple of like the illustrations that I'm thinking of is like, um, when uh, Israel came out of Egypt and they were getting ready to head into the promised land, God gave them a, a vision. They had a vision, but they took their eyes off of the vision and onto mm -hmm. the giants in that land, and they, mm -hmm. they weren't able to inherit it, except the two that didn't lose sight of the vision. Right. There's only two people that didn't lose sight of the vision. That was Joshua and Caleb. And because they didn't lose sight of the vision, an entire nation of people who lost sight of the vision couldn't keep them from entering in. So if we want to enter into the promise that God has given to us, we need to make sure that we don't lose sight of that vision. There's like story after story in Scripture of that. But, but you know, we've been talking about this this week, and I want you to put in the comments, God has already given us a vision in His Word. You can put yeah. that in the comments. God has already given me a vision in His Word, and that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, I'm excited for this Word because uh, apart from the mandates that the Lord has given um like a church or like Boomerang or Hope City Church that's watching or individuals, there's the vision that the Lord has given us as a believer. So mm -hmm. what's the vision that a believer can walk mm -hmm. in? And so I'm really excited to dive into this because there's a whole lot of yeah. what's God's normal. That's what's been yeah. stirring inside mm -hmm. of me is what's God's normal yeah. and just the vision mm -hmm. that we need to expand. Mm -hmm. How far have we gotten from that normal? And kind of just shifting and refocusing on mm -hmm. that. So. Yeah. yeah. And you can put that in the comments. What is God's normal? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Like what is normal to God? Yeah. Like what is normal to God? Well, normal to God, you see it in heaven. You see it when Jesus came on this earth, mm -hmm. right? What, what was normal in, in Jesus' life? And, you know, like uh, he was healing the sick. He was casting out devils. You know, he was preaching and teaching with signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, like here... Turn with me to, to Mark chapter 16, you know, because we're talking about what is God's normal and what has God made available to us? What vision has God made available to us? Well, you like one of the greatest ways to know what's available to us is by looking in his word, right? Yeah. Because, you know, we, we call them the Old and New Testaments, but it's basically like, um, you know, you know how like if someone dies, they leave their will, yeah. which is or it's known as their last will and testament, yeah. right? Like, the Old and New Testament are basically, these are re revealing to mankind what God's will and testament is for, for mankind, yeah. for us to walk in. So, you know, if we, uh, if we're, you know, can you read uh, the Which verse? Uh, it's in there. Mar Mark chapter 16, uh, whenever he says these oh, signs. Oh, yes, so verse 17. So 16, 17. Oh, I just got there. These signs will accompany, accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any, any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And go, go to 12, verse 20. 
And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Yeah, so how do we know that it was the word of God that was being preached? Signs and wonders followed. Yeah. That was normal. You know, that, mm -hmm. that was normal to God. You know, like we've, we've been going through a series um, in, in Impact called Reset. And one of the things that that, that pastor had been teaching um, in, in this series is like, how far have, have we over time gotten from God's normal? It's like the telephone game, right? You like, you, if you've never heard of the telephone game, it's like you line up a bunch of people and you, you give like a phrase or a sentence to the first person. They then hand that off to the next person who then listens, hands it off to the next person. By the end of it, you'll have a whole different phrase than from the beginning because everyone's kind of bringing their own little uh, thoughts into it or their own little... Like they might not have heard something correctly, but that they just repeated what they thought they heard. And by the end of it, it's a completely different thing. And so right yeah. here, we see something normal that should happen when the word yeah. of God is being preached. Signs and wonders should, should manifest because that's, that's the evidence that God's word is being preached, mm -hmm. not just man's interpretation of God's word. Yeah. If, 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 if a man is just coming up and giving his own uh, like mental... Uh, rundown of what of a scripture you know he 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 did his own logical study and wrote down all of his notes and and carefully formulated his own sermon and then presented it to the people what's going to happen you know it's people will get a logical impartation uh, but there's not going to be a supernatural aspect to it you know and, and, and but the vision that we see here in the book of Acts well this is you know this is right before they lead into the book of Acts but it says this it says, so when the Lord had spoken to them, uh, he was received up in heaven and sat mm -hmm. down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them. So it should be a normal thing for a believer for God to be working on our behalf mm -hmm. in everything that we're doing. As we're going out, it should be normal for us that God's working on, on our behalf. You know, what, what are we doing right now as we're like reading these scriptures? We're like doing the same thing God did to Abraham when he said, look up into the stars. You know, you see how innumerable they are? Well, you know, that's going to be your descendants. God mm -hmm. was casting that vision to Abraham. Yeah. You know, whenever he told Abraham, look, look to, uh, northward, southward, eastward, westward. You know, when he was, when he was saying those things, uh, and he said, all of this I have given to you. Well, in that, were there people living in that land when God said that? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so like, were, 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 would those people say, no, this land is rightfully ours, it's not yours? Probably, you know, mm -hmm. like that his son had to deal with that whenever he was digging, digging the wells. And the Philistines were like, nah, this is our well. You know, mm -hmm. like they were trying to take possession of that. But Isaac just kept being faithful to God and God yeah. was working with him. Every yeah. well he dug was blessed. You know, mm -hmm. water, water was mm -hmm. produced. You know, when he sowed in the famine, uh, God was working with right. him. And, and he reaped a hundredfold. Yeah. Why? Because he didn't lose sight of the vision that God gave him. Yeah. And, so, and so, you know, as we're going in life, we should expect God to be working on our behalf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Barrett has something. Well, there are things that are normal for a believer that yeah. aren't normal in the world. And that's the reason that I believe it's one of the reasons the Lord's been having us talk about vision all week long, because I, I, I said it on Wednesday, if we don't have the Lord's vision for our life, we'll tolerate anything that comes. Yeah. You know, if we don't know that there's greater ahead of us, then we'll settle for mediocrity. You know, one of the things that's been on pastor's heart for years is we're a church, Boomerang Church, What's Right Ministries. We're a ministry that 
it brings people who are tired of mediocrity and sets them in position to achieve the heights of heaven. Like that's what the ministry is because that's what the gospel is. But if we don't know that greater is available to us, we'll never step into it. You know, you, one of the things I love about the ministries that we're attached to is they're constantly pumping people full of the vision of heaven. Because ultimately, what's our greatest purpose here on the earth? Like we are to win souls, but why? Because we're to bring heaven onto earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's our job. And so in my life, all that should be allowed to surround me is the blessing of God. All that should be allowed to surround my home is the blessing of God. All that's supposed to be in my job is the blessing of God. It's not that trials, temptations, persecutions won't try and come, but I carry something greater. You know, we, we say it quite often here in the ministry, especially while we're praying the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, yeah. dwells in you. What does that spirit do? It had the power to raise up Jesus from the dead, but not just a man coming back from the dead, raised him up who bore all of our sins, all of our iniquities, all of our diseases, that power that spoke and the world came into being, the power that spoke and animals were created, the power of God dwells on the inside of man. And it's time for us to realize, to dig into the word and see there's a standard of heaven that I'm called to live. There's a standard of heaven that I'm to see operate around me all the time. You know, today, directly before the word happened, before the broadcast happened, I'm at home with my daughter and all of a sudden she starts throwing up all over the place. Like I'm in the middle of a message like to someone else and it's like, why hello vomit? Does that look like heaven? No, no one's going to be projectile vomiting in heaven. Praise God, no curse. So I have the ability right there to either settle and be like, oh, my poor baby, you poor thing. Oh, poor, poor, poor. Let's do nothing and just stay home and cuddle and coddle. And I'm not saying you don't take care of them. But what I am saying is in that moment, I reached out to my shepherd to find out what do I do? What do I do? What is the standard of heaven in this moment? Because heaven is not going to back down when the curse rises up and tries to present itself. Heaven overtakes the curse every time. Heaven dominates. What does the blessing do? It eradicates the curse. No more curse is allowed in our body. Mm -hmm. How do I know that? Because the word says it. Why are we talking about this? Because there's vision for our lives that's in the word of God. There's a standard that we can raise up to. And how do I know we can get there? Because Ephesians 4 says the whole reason that the fivefold was sent was to raise up the body into the fullness of the stature of Christ, which means if we can be like Jesus, then let's pursue it. Let's get there. Let's head toward heaven. Amen. Amen.
What's been coming up to me is um, Deuteronomy 28 because it does mm -hmm. lay out the blessings and it does lay out the cursings. And even in like the cursing section, which is a lot longer than the blessing section, yeah. you can get blessings from that mm -hmm. because if that's what the yeah. curse looks like, that's what that's yeah. the opposite of that is yeah. what the blessing looks like. Just for example, some of the things that the Lord spoken to me in that of what does God's normal look like? If this is what it looks like without the Lord, let's see what it looks like with him. Um, it says in verse 31, your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes. You will not eat of it. Your donkey shall be torn away from you and you will not be restored to you. And your sheep shall not be, shall be given to your enemies and you will have none of it. So that means what the enemy has stolen from you, it's getting restored. Rest restoration mm -hmm. is a part of the blessing. Yeah. So what the curse may have tried to take from you in the past, that's getting restored mm -hmm. to you. Even um, in verse 38, it says, you shall bring out much seed to the field, but you will gather in little for the locust will consume it. So if gathering in little, if little harvest mm -hmm. is what the curse brings, mm -hmm. that means that big harvest is a part of the blessing. Yeah. Like, And so this is the normal that I know I've needed to shift my mm -hmm. eyes and my vision of what does God's normal look like. And it's all over the place. Yeah. Lasting plagues in verse 58 um, chronic sicknesses, anything that's lasting or chronic, mm -hmm. that's of the enemy. That's yeah. of, that's a part of the curse. And that's not what God's normal is. And so shifting my, my focus from something, oh, it's, that pain's come back again or whatever. No, this isn't allowed to stay mm -hmm. here at all. Yeah. Well, one of the things in Deuteronomy 28, that's where mm -hmm. I was open to as well, Serena, at the very beginning, you know, go to verse one. And before we even get there, you know, it, Yes, the fact is God wants every believer to be blessed, but not every believer walks in the same manifestation of blessing. Yeah. And it's because we are given the choice to either yield and obey to the Lord and in obey him, I mean, receive from him, yeah. do all that he's commanded us to do, or we're given the option to not. And truly that yielding, that obedience, that picking up the vision and walking it out, doing whatever it takes to fulfill it, life and death, that choice is in our hand. So we can, and we're going to, we'll talk about vision that the Lord's given to every person, but whether or not we obtain that, that's up to us. Yeah. Like that power is in our hands. Mm -hmm. God's already chosen for all of us. Life be, I yeah. want you to be blessed. I want you to have life. The whole reason he sent Jesus was so that we could have life and have it in abundance. But we have to choose we have to choose it. We have to choose to walk yeah. in his ways. So Deuteronomy 28.1 says, now it shall be if it's a conditional blessing. It's a conditional blessing. What's the condition? Be in the family of God and yield to the Lord. Mm -hmm. if, you'll, if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do his commandments, what's his commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Mm -hmm. Love him. Pursue him. Love your God then the Lord will set you high above all the nations. And he goes in and he talks about how you, you'll overtake things, at, that you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. The two in particular that stood out to me today are four and five. So 28, four and five says, blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts and the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and, and your kneading bowl. What are all of those things? 
your fruitfulness. All of that is what you produce and it's what you're called to be fruitful in. Your children, your possessions, your jobs, like your herd and your livestock, that's not just your pets. That was their livelihood. Yeah. That was their job. So your your bread and your kneading bowl, the things that you're eating, the things that you're making, all that you're putting your hands to, God's saying this year, there's things he's going to put in your hands. This year, he has jobs for you, tasks for you, things to accomplish. And this is the year that if you will be diligent to hear the word of vision, diligent to yield to him, this is the year that all you'll see your hand touch will be blessed. Everything you do, your fruitfulness will be blessed. What you produce will be blessed because it's what he guarantees for those who choose him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh like actually, you know, I, I find this like amazing, but you know, near the end of, of the entire uh, first five books of the Bible, which is known as the law, at, at the very end of that, God gave an instruction and said, hey, every, uh, I believe it's every seventh year, the year that they let the land rest, you know, that, uh, or the year of Jubilee, the year where they, like, released debts. They're like, we want you to gather all of Israel and read this law to them. Like, basically saying, like, re- like read the whole thing to them. And... and and uh, and I think the first time they did that was not seven years later. Actually, it might have been seven years later. But the next time after that, it was like 400 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the next time after that, it was like 250 years. You wonder why Israel went through a lot of junk. You know, <laughs> when when God told Joshua, uh, never let this book, like always mm-hmm. keep this book of the law in front of you. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do all that is written in it. There's a reason why it says to inscribe it on your doorpost, mm-hmm. right? There's a reason why... When we do confessions, why we put the graphic on the screen and say, hey, we're putting this in front of your eyes. We're putting this yeah. vision in front of your eyes. So that, so that, because really, the more you put it in, the more you practice putting that vision in front of you, yeah. the more, if anything comes against you that is contrary to that vision, it'll cross your spirit. And you'll be like, no, this is my, this is, this. Mm-hmm. why? Because my vision has, hadn't been on what the world's saying, what, you know, like, I, I, I think I quoted this earlier this week when Bill Johnson said, if you get more input from the mainstream media than from uh, the word of God, your discouragement is self-inflicted, right? That's why we need to write the vision, make it plain, put it in front of us so that we don't, we don't lose sight of the vision, so that we don't get discouraged whenever the enemy tries to throw things our way. If there's any moments when in a corrupted world where, where corruption tries to bring itself into our home, you know, if that vision is plain and, and if we've kept it in front of us, we'll be able to come against it and resist it, right? What, why was Jesus able to resist the devil in the, in the uh, you know, in, while, when he was in the wilderness, yeah. right? Well, because of the word. He yeah. had the word in him. Why? Because he studied it. He, he meditated on it. He, he kept that in front of him. So whenever the devil said, hey, just bow down and worship me and I'll give all this to you. He's like, the, it is written, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, turn this, turn the stone into a loaf of bread. It is written, right? He had it in front of him. He kept that vision inside of him. Yeah. And, and, and I do want to add this, you know, with everything that you said about the curse, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the good news of all of that is the Bible says very clearly in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from yep. the curse of the law. And that is the curse mm-hmm. of the law because mm-hmm. it's in the law and it's like, this is the curse <laughs> in the law. Yeah. You know, these are the curses of the law, right? right? But Christ has redeemed us, so no part of that curse. Yep. You know, where, where, where it talks about the things that you were talking about, the lasting diseases, like yeah. the, the working really, really 
you know, working diligently, but it seems like you're not getting much uh, fruit from your labor, right? Mm -hmm. The every sickness and every disease, you know, mm -hmm. that's not even written in that chapter, yep. right? All of that stuff is, is included in the, in the redemption of yep. Christ because he has redeemed us from that curse. Right. You know, and that should be the normal of God, that no curse is operating in our homes, in our bodies, in mm -hmm. our families, heck, even in our pets, right? Because all of this is talking about your livestock. Mm -hmm. uh, how about this? Well, how, how about the normal of God being on my crops? What does that look like? The plants in my house, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. amen, exactly. right? Like, <laughs> like, you know, everything, every plant I touch dies. Well, if that's what you say so, right? Like, why don't we let God's normal be in our house where mm -hmm. everything lives, mm -hmm. you know? And, and everything yeah. comes to life and, mm -hmm. and, and bears its fruit in the proper seasons, right? Yeah. Like, these are the things that we need to keep in mind whenever we're, because we're talking about God's normal. Do you think God has dead plants in his house, you know? Mm -hmm. Pro I, I don't think so. And if he, you know, like Jesus came up to a barren fig tree and, and cursed it, you know, yeah. like so, so God desires production. And so mm -hmm. we should have that same mentality of the things in our house. Now, if you don't water your plants, you know, and you, you know, that, mm -hmm. that's one thing, you know, you, you got to be diligent with, mm -hmm. you know, with, with stuff like that. Yeah. But, but it, it, it really comes, comes down to, I, is God's normal operating in my life? And if it's not, let me reset my vision to what God's normal is. Because yeah. when I do that, you know, Pastor, Pastor gives us five keys to, to hunger. And one of those keys is to meditate on what's normal for God, right? If I recognize what's available to me in God's normal and I'm meditating on that, it'll get me hungry. Like, I, like it'll develop a hunger inside of me to chase after him at a whole new level. Because... If what I'm experiencing is not God's normal, I know it's. I shouldn't beat myself up. That's not the purpose of this. Uh, but what I should do is I should hunger more and more after God. God, I know there's more that I have access to. Mm -hmm. I know there's more in you. I know there's more in this word. God, I'm going to chase after you. With yeah. yeah. Having a revelation of the perfect love of God. Mm -hmm. Because how could we chase a vision or chase whatever he said in this word if we don't believe that he's good yeah. if we don't believe that his plans are good like when i choose okay i'm gonna obey your commandments making that choice like it says in deuteronomy then i'll see all the blessings like it's not he's not a con it's not like conditions to be a harsh god that's not his character and nature whatsoever but he has placed a vision for us. And right. if we're, we're refusing to follow the vision or refusing to even obey his commandments, then we cannot throw our hands up in the air and, and, and curse God because it's not his fault. Yeah. He's given us the authority and us the ability to even chase the vision that he's given to us. But if we don't know his love, how can we even know who he is? Yeah. It's not possible. Well, and God's love is unconditional, but His blessings are conditional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. like you read that in Deuteronomy 28. His yeah. love, unconditional. He mm -hmm. has unconditional love for us. We read that in the New Testament, right, in First John. But, um, but His blessings are conditional, right? Yeah. If you diligently obey. Mm -hmm. and, and I think you brought up Deuteronomy 30, 19 mm -hmm. also, yeah. where, where it says, uh, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. Yeah. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And he wrote that directly after Deuteronomy 28. Yeah. I've said it before. You see the blessing, you see the curse, it's your choice. Heaven mm -hmm. and earth is pre-programmed at this point to, to follow your choice. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you disobey, it's all pre-programmed to, to where the curse is going to manifest in your life. If, if you obey, it's pre-programmed to bring that blessing into your life. He yeah. said it and he's pre-programmed it and it's our choice whether we're going to walk in it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, what's been coming up to me as we've been talking is the importance of humility in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't mean it in a, in a condemning way. Like Hannah was just talking about the love of God. Um, but it, it's so important in all of this to, to, to have the heart of, if I haven't been seeing God's normal, I have all this vision in the word that I can look at all of God's blessings all of the supernatural manifestation of heaven coming to earth that I should be seeing. And it's so important that as we, because the logic will, logic always goes to why and uh, your flesh will always go to doubt. And it's so important though, to, to make sure we're humbling ourselves because with the logic of, of why is this not happening and the flesh being in doubt, it's usually going to, I mean, the flesh is corrupt and it's, it wages against the things of the spirit. So the, the flesh is going to try to say that this doesn't work, that this isn't true. And I know as I'm saying that, that's like blasphemous. <laughs> like as I'm saying it, it makes me like cringe. But honestly, that's what, that's what the flesh says. The flesh says, well, I know you have all this vision, but it's not going to come to pass. It hasn't come to pass in the past, so it's not going to come to pass in the future And all of these things, but in all of that, we have to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, God, whatever has not been allowing the fullness of this vision to come to pass, let me not blame the word. Let me not go to logic and try to figure everything out, but let me just humble myself before the Mm -hmm. Lord and say, Lord, have your way, whatever you want, whatever you want to show me, whatever you want to do. If I just need to operate in faith more, maybe it's just something really simple, but in, in fellowship, in abiding, listening, and obeying, we need to humbly approach that because the way that people start to not see this word come to pass on the earth and see all this vision that God has for us to come on the earth is to get in logic and get in pride of let me figure out why this isn't happening instead of just being humble and saying, you know what? If I'm being honest, I haven't fully believed the word. If I'm being honest, I haven't been in faith, but let me humble myself and yeah. face reality of, you know what? I have, my faith has been, uh, I've, I've had a lot of doubt. I've had a lot of doubt in my mind. I've had, I, maybe I haven't had the mental strength that I'm supposed to have. Maybe all of these things, not in condemnation, but as in a, Hey, there's higher. And that's one thing that pastors do very well. If you listen to them is um, the Lord has given them such a balance that um, you don't condemn yourself, but you also don't hide and not face reality. Reality is we're supposed to be seeing heaven come to earth. And if we're not, don't blame. We need to not blame the word. We need to just humble ourselves. Humility opens up grace. It allows all of this to come through. And if we're saying, you know what? I think I already am pretty humble. That may be part of the problem. <laughs> if you're not seeing heaven manifesting in your life, let's check humility. Well, and one of the things with that, you know, I, as you're talking, it reminded me of pastor a few years ago. So we just celebrated Boomerang's 14th birthday, and I've had the honor of being here, almost 10 of them. And early on, you know, we the ministry was doing fine, like I moved across the country to be a part of the ministry. It's not like it was doing nothing. but were we doing what we're doing now? No, but we had fruit. People were getting saved. People were being healed. We had people being delivered. We had fruit, but praise God for a pastor who's hungry. And why am I saying that? Because hunger is not just for a minister, mm-hmm. like a fivefold minister. Hunger is for God's body. Yeah. 
And praise God for someone who led in hunger, because I have a firsthand account of watching pastor since I've known him pursue the things of God. So, you know, years ago, he looked around the church and just wasn't satisfied with what he was seeing because what was his standard? Our standard can't be our experience. Our standard can't be someone else's opinion or even someone else's theology. Our standard has to be the word. And so when you go through the word, what is the word standard for the church? You know, the church is not just a place people go to. It's a called out body. It's a called set apart body. It's ruling. It's governing in the city. It's setting the laws. It's setting the standard of people. It's upholding holiness. It's a place where people come to and the glory of God is like the people are transformed and lives changed and just people's mere shadows are causing Mm -hmm. healing to be. This is all in the New Testament. Like, I'm not talking pre-Jesus. I'm talking post-Jesus' resurrection. That's what the church is supposed to be. And so pastor saw in the word, this is what the church is supposed to be. But yet I've never seen, you know, me speaking as him, he'd never seen a church walk in that fully. He'd never seen a man of God that he knew of that was around him walk in that fully. He and Pastor Nicole cried out for years, God, send me a hungry man. Send me a hungry woman that I can learn from and glean from. Why? Because the standard was in the word. And God, so it led Pastor to fast and pray for 40 days. And then he did it again just a couple weeks later for another 40 days. And then it led him to fast in some way, shape, or form for over 200 days of a whole year. Like he was fasting and praying. Why? Because he was hungry. And God told him those two words, hunger and humility, over and over and over again. He was hungry. For the things of God and the great men of God, the great women of God that you hear, you know, I'm thinking of A.A. Allen back when he first started his ministry. He'd lock, he literally locked himself in a closet in his home and he told his wife, do not come in to get me. Do not come in and open this door. Don't give me food. Don't give me water. I'm not leaving this room until I get an encounter with the Lord because something has to shift in my ministry. You know, T.L. Osborne, he refused to move until the Lord gave him a vision because he recognized what I'm seeing. It's okay, but it's not the standard of heaven. You know, why am I sharing all this? Because even if you're not called to be a fivefold minister, there's a standard of heaven in your life. Mm-hmm. You're called to lend to many nations and not borrow. You're called to save up for your family and inheritance for you, for your children, and for your children's children. That yeah. means that you've got to be saving up like the millions, the mm-hmm. millions of millions. Like that's a standard that we have. There's a standard of legacy and heritage that we're to pass on to our kids. You know, there's just so much that's available that God wants to see happen. But because people around us haven't gotten hungry enough to pursue it, it seems like a pipe dream. You know, like truly vision for the majority of people. The reason there's like a 1% and then the 99% is because the 1% believe they can. Truly, like the Elon Musks of the world, they believe they can do something and they're not even renewed to the things of God. 
When we get over the fact that it's not a pipe dream, this is to be our reality. I am to be the person that sets a standard. I'm to be the person that carries heaven. Something changes, and it changed in our ministry. Boomerang looks totally different. Everybody here in the room with me right now, no one was here back then at this moment except for me. I can tell you firsthand, it's a different ministry. We're a different people. It's a different culture. What's the culture? Hunger. More than it's ever been before. Let us be the people that cause other believers to hunger. You know, I want people to look at my life and say, I want what Barrett has, and I'm going to do what Barrett does to get there. You know, the word says, follow those who with faith and patience inherit the promises of God. We need to be the people who have vision and say, I will be an inheritor of God's things. I'll be an inheritor of God's vision. I'll be an inheritor of God's promises so that others can follow behind me. I haven't arrived in it, but I've got a desire for it. And if we'll get that fervor, that tenacity... Mm -hmm that I'm not going to quit till I see it come, that humility that says no matter what it takes, if it hasn't happened, either I'm wrong or the word's wrong, and it's clearly not God, then that humility will lead us to growth and change every time. And talking through this, it's stirring something up in me, and especially as we're fasting, like, I mean, I know for myself, um, I've definitely been looking up like recipes and hungering after food and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but um, it's helped me in, and I I believe that right now I am hungrier than I've ever been, but what Barrett was saying, things have been good. They've been, I've been growing. Things have been going really well, but there's so much more Mm -hmm. than what what we need. And it's such a great reminder, especially mid-fast, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. This is why we're fasting. There's yeah. so much more to God that yeah. I need, that I can mm-hmm. have. We have barely scratched the surface. We were talking yeah. about that impact on yeah. Tuesday night. The intimacy with the Lord that we never, yeah. most of us had never heard it taught before, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, we're barely scratching the surface and being able to walk with the Holy Spirit and how we've been able to do that. And yeah. so there's so much more. And so mm-hmm. it's a good reminder for me, I know, in the middle of this fast that, God, I'm hungering for you. Mm-hmm. There's so much more of you that I need to walk mm-hmm. your normal, yeah. your vision that you've laid up for me. I, and it's available to me. And I'm mm-hmm. hungering after him. And yeah. that's what I'm hungry for is that intimacy mm-hmm. with him and to walk in his normal that he's laid up for me. Yeah, it's awesome. Yesterday, the Lord led me to watch um, Jesse Duplantis' Testimony of Heaven. Yeah. And I had seen it before. And, you know, if the Lord tells me to do something, obedience is blessed. So I was like, okay, Lord, there's something here for me. And I was watching it, and I just started to weep like because I know that Jesse Duplantis is not just saying this, just say it. I know, I believe he really went to heaven. And it, it allowed me to sit and just be with the Lord and just dream. Just just dream about what really what really is heaven. And his word says, heaven come. Pray this way, heaven come. My vision should be heaven. Like, children dancing, children singing, like a child we enter into the kingdom. Being in God, dreaming everything that he's given to us, it's life to enjoy to the full till it overflows. So any moment that it's not to the full and it's not overflowing, then I should know that, okay, something's not right here. What, what am I not doing right? Because I know surely it's not God. 
It's never God. Like, so looking at myself, okay, how can I fix my vision right now? How can I set my eyes on what God's promised me, which really is heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why it's so important for us to just keep carrying that mm-hmm. vision. Yeah. You know, like, um, like God has, God, if, if Jesus said that we should pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, man, how, how far <laughs> from, from heaven has, ha, has things gotten over time, right? Like, we're yeah. seeing it in the book of Acts when we're talking about God's confirming his word with signs and wonders. We're seeing it in part today, you know? We're mm-hmm. seeing that in part today. But, like, but, but it's like, you know, like Pastor said, he, whenever, um, whenever he first started listening to, um, uh, uh, what's his name, David Hogan, yeah. um, like, yeah. he was like, where's this preaching? I need to find it. And it took him years to find it. You know, like, why, why yeah. is it so few? Like, once, once you start, like, discovering some people that are preaching and, and teaching it, like, in a way that, like, we, have, we can have faith to raise the dead. We can, we can see the dead raised. We can see the sick healed. We can see, like, signs, wonders, miracles, like you, like you wouldn't believe. You know, like, we can see those things happening today. But, like, but it's like over there, you know, so, some, someone's caught a vision of it. You know, over there, someone's caught a vision of it. Over there, someone's caught a vision of it. But the vast majority, you know, uh, you know are perishing. Why? Because without vision, the people perish, right? Uh, I, I think it's um, the NLT that says, without divine guidance, the people cast off, rest- or the people run restraint. wild. You know, they cast yeah. off restraint. They're just doing what they know to do. You know, they just, they're just doing what they think is best. They're just kind of, uh, picture this. Like, this is a good illustration. Uh, there was, there was um, like a test that some scientists did where they took a guy, put him in a big field, blindfolded him, and just told him to walk straight. And as the guy's walking straight, <laughs> here, I'll do it vertically so you guys can see. As he's walking straight, Eventually, he starts veering off to the left and veering off to the left, and then he just starts circling. And he's walking for a while, fully confident that he's walking straight, but he's walking in circles at this point, Mm. you know, thinking he's walking straight. He just got into, because he he couldn't see where he was going, you know, and he just started walking Mm. in circles. Without vision, if we're not walking in vision, we're going to find our life being cyclical. We're going to find history becoming cyclical if people keep losing sight of vision. Like you see that, like I've been reading a book on, um, on the hit, like it's called 2000 Years of Charismatic Christianity. It's an awesome book, but it's really interesting to see the cycles. You know, oh, there's a powerful move of God. Then, then you know, they just start getting into their head and then trying to institutionalize things or trying to do things a certain way. They try to limit it and they lose sight of just that fellowship with God, mm-hmm. and, then, and then, you know, it kind of dies off or it just becomes another dead religion. Then there's another move of God, and, and it's powerful, and then the people lose sight of the vision, you know. And mm-hmm. then there's another move of God, and then, you know, and, 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 and a lot of the denominations we see today started off in a move of God, you know. Like, but then over time, it just got institutionalized. Then over time, it just started get, becoming... Uh, men just seeking power and like wanting to rise up and then they're self-ordaining people rather than letting the Holy Ghost do their thing and then it just keeps kept going in cycles you know you would see a reformation a revolution a a uh, uh, you know a revival and and it, it seems cyclical because people would people would see the vision and lose sight of the vision I mean read this book <laughs> read, read the Old Testament how mm-hmm. irritating and annoying it can feel yeah. sometimes to see you know the yeah. people cast sight of the vision they 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 all repent, and then they cycle back. You know, one of the most irritating books to read is, is Judges, <laughs> you know, because, like, like, and then God sent a, a deliverer, 
and they delivered Israel, and they were doing great for 20 years, and then they cycled back. And I was like, stop doing that, guys. Like, yeah. But here's the thing. A lot of times when we don't take hold of vision, mm-hmm. or when we lose sight of vision, our life becomes like a little mini cyclical thing. Yeah. Where yeah. We have our ups and downs and mountains and valleys. Well, look, I wonder where we got that doctrine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, of life is a bunch of mountains and valleys. Mm-hmm. You know, like things are going good and then they go bad. Well, we, if, if we keep sight of the vision that God has laid up for us, where mm-hmm. his word says that the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, yeah. it just grows brighter and brighter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the word says. That's, that's what the Bible tells us, yeah. that life is supposed to get brighter and brighter for the believer, mm-hmm. uh, for the righteous. So let me cast my vision on that. That life yeah. should be, that every day, should be better than the day before. Yeah. yeah. And if I have that in mind, if, if my mind is on that vision, then something bad could happen at my job. But if, but if <laughs> my eye is still on the vision that every day gets better, I'm just yeah. looking to see how yes. God's going to work it out. Yeah. You know? Well, if this day is supposed to be better than yesterday, so I'm expecting God to turn this around. Yeah. So I'm not, or, or something bad can happen at my job and I lose sight of that vision, look at the problem, and now, mm-hmm. now I'm looking at the problem. Oh, wow. The, I guess not every day is supposed to be greater, you know? And, oh, I have good days and I have bad days. Oh, this has just been a terrible week. Well, I've lost sight of the vision mm-hmm. that God's normal is supposed yeah. to be manifesting in the situation. Mm-hmm. I need to keep my eyes and my mindset on the vision of what is God's normal. Mm-hmm. If a problem comes up in my day, okay, what's God's normal? That problem is going to be solved. Yeah. If my eye is on that vision. If, mm-hmm. my, if I turn my eye onto the problem, I'll be like Israel. He's like, it's too, they're too big for us. So they're like, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. <laughs> and then I'm not going to see the promises and the normal mm-hmm. of God manifesting because I'm not looking at the vision and mm-hmm. I'm not putting my faith towards that vision. Yeah, and it's like with humility, like with what Marky was talking about. Yeah. Is your God situations or is God your God? Like, is your God, how is this going to work out? Whoa. Like, mm-hmm. we, like... The word says, have no other gods before me. So have nothing in front of your face. Don't let anything come in between you and me, me and God, you know? Yeah. If, if I'm allowing a situation or a lack of vision or yeah. a hill or a valley, whatever, to come in between me and God, then I'm saying that that right then at that moment has more power over my life than God Almighty. And that right there, that needs a lot of humbling. Like a lot. <laughs> that was good. That's that was coming up to me too, because yeah. I know there's been seasons when I had allowed myself to get mm-hmm. into like a dry season, mm-hmm. you know. And Pastor even brought it up at Impact. It's I'm just referencing Impact <laughs> all this broadcast, but mm-hmm. it referenced during that. If you're in a dry season, that's mm-hmm. the indicator that your fellowship is off, yeah. and that we've allowed something to come between the face of God and mm-hmm. us, and that thing has then become our idol, mm-hmm. basically, because yeah. this thing is between me and God, and I'm focusing on this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it made me think yeah. of John 17, 3, because if we're praying on earth as it is in heaven, and if Jesus has given us eternal life and he's saved us, saved, healed, and delivered, mm-hmm. what is eternal life? And seven, uh, John 17, 3, this is eternal life. It, he tells us right here. Yeah. That they may know you, may know God, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And yeah. so if we find ourselves in a dry, se- a dry season or something where it doesn't seem easy and light and it doesn't seem like we're inheriting these promises it's not it's not that god's word is wrong at all Mm -hmm. it's just that we just need to get the fellowship Mm -hmm. back on track get that back on track and then things are gonna and then we're focusing on him Mm -hmm. if something goes wrong at work or whatever and that's not gonna affect us and then we're Mm -hmm. able to get back in the flow with the holy spirit yeah 
Well, it truly comes down to whether we're receiving the vision of God that God has for us in our life. Like all of that boils down to, are we receiving it or not? You know, Hannah, Hannah prayed out something this morning. Like I was sitting here, I'm like, did she say it on the broadcast or was it in prayer or did I just hear her thought? Like, no, she prayed it out. Um, but she was talking to the Lord about, um, you know, God help us as a people be, be solution minded and not problem oriented. And, you know, even in what Serena was just sharing, you know, I've had moments where things have just kind of felt like in my fellowship with the Lord or hum, like hum ho or whatever. And all of that is an indicator of whether I've received God's vision for my life. If I truly believe what he has to say about it or not, because if I've received what God believes about me, if I've received God's commandments over my life, there's not going to be anything ho-hum or ordinary about me. You know, God's already decreed over my fellowship that I am to call and God is to answer, that I am to seek and I am to find when I search for him with my whole heart, that he is the revealer of the mysteries to me by his Holy Spirit. You know, that means my fellowship, it's off the chain. Like I, I have the best fellowship available ever because God's already given me access to it. I just have to receive it. You know, whether I'm being problem oriented or solution oriented, it has to do with whether I've received God's vision over my life, because what does God say about problems? That God is always leading me to triumph in every situation through Christ, that no matter what situation I'm in, he will always turn that thing for the good of those who love him. That's his vision for my life, that I will never be in a situation that's difficult for me. I will always be placed in something where there's a way of escape and that God will give me answers when they're needed. You know, it's one of those things that I really think separate the hungry Christians from the ordinary Christians is how they view the world. we viewing the world as going to hell in a handbasket or do we see the world as white with harvest ready to be picked ready to be plucked up yeah we may be coming to the end days but you know what happens in the end days there's an end time move of god there's an end time harvest of souls that means that even no matter what the enemy has planned god has something greater on the horizon and what separates those believers is whether or not we will receive god's vision for ourselves. How we view ourselves has everything to do with whether or not we've received what God's decreed of us. You know, we are, all we are is the clay. He's the Mm -hmm. potter. He determines what sort of vessel we are. And you know what? God's determined us as vessels, honorable, to be reserved for honorable use. Believers who are on right now, guess what? You could have been alive for any other moment in history. Truly, God could have said, Joni, she's going to be one of like the first AD people. Serena, we're going to put her during Jane Austen time because that's going to please her. Mm-hmm. Buddy, we're going to have him along like in the season where people say like pantalones a whole lot because it seems like it would amuse Buddy. You know, Hannah, she's going to be in the 80s. But you, no, 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 no. God reserved every single person 
for this moment in this time of history because God says there's an end time move. There's an end time harvest. There's a big wealth transfer into the hands of the righteous. And I need people on the earth who will hear my vision, receive my vision and know what to do with it when the time comes. Believers, you've had a week of vision pumped into you through this ministry specifically. Other ministries I've listened to, they're doing the same. Why? Because we're in the last moments of the last days and it's time for us to be called up to the plate because it's time for you to be put into the game. And in order for us to be in the right place at the right time, we've got to believe what God says about us. Who are you? You're his man here on the earth. What are you? You're the spirit man that raised Christ from the dead. You're one with him. You have all power available to you. What happens when you pray? Mm -hmm. Heaven moves. Angels are sent on assignment. What happens when you lay hands on the sick? They recover. They have no other option because you're carrying something greater. Who are you? You're Jesus. You're one with him. That's who you are. You're little Christ. You are little gods on this earth. You are the anointed one and his anointing because you're the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. That's not sacrilegious. That's Mm -hmm. not heretical. That's your identity. Your identity is the vision of who you are. Who am I? I'm Jesus. Who are you? You're Jesus. You are him. And greater works will you do than what he did because you're here for longer. Jesus had a short amount of time in his ministry. You've got a longer time ahead of you. Use it. Make the most of what's in your hands. Take the vision and run. Don't bury it. Run. Believers, it's time to run. Yeah. It's time. It's time to run. Put that in the comments. It's time for me to run. Say that out loud. It's time time for me to run. Say that until it's real inside of you. I'm not going to be a bench warmer this year. I'm not going to be the backseat person. I'm not going to be someone who's just there watching everybody else Mm -hmm. in the game. Whether I'm in front of the crowd, whether I'm behind the scenes, whether I'm making something happen, it doesn't matter what the assignment is. I will participate. The vision calls for action. So whether that action is you lifted up and you're behind the scenes, like I am in the mornings at prayer and no one except the people who come to pray, hear me pray. I don't care. I've got a mission and I'm upholding it. Whether you're called to preach to millions, do that thing, be who you're called to be and watch as this is your greatest year ever. And we're going to pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just loose the spirit of faith that just came as we began talking about this. I loose it right now in every home, in every job, in every person. Lord, let us grab hold with faith, this gift of faith, and we're not going to let it go. Let an awakening cause signs and wonders to be in your people's lives. I call for everyone watching now and in the time to come. 
be a sign and a wonder to your generation that God is real and he is for you. Be a sign and a wonder. Let their hands be placed on the sick and sickness dies and healing comes. Let hands be placed on those who are demon possessed and the demons flee and life comes in. Let signs and wonders follow them everywhere they go. I call for supernatural financial turnaround to be in our partners now in the name of Jesus. They may have started this year small, but your word says that our normal is to be the lender and not the borrower. So God, let your wealth come into the hands of the righteous. I call, Lord, for ideas to spark. Give Greg right now a supernatural idea that would cause a wealth transfer, the likes of which cause those around him to envy. Let an enviable wealth transfer be in the hands of the righteous connected to this ministry now in the name of Jesus. And look, if you're receiving this, then don't let my prayer be the only one heaven hears. Amen. Lord, I'm receiving that myself. It's not just Greg that's going to get that. I take that for me. God, let your people be head and shoulders above the rest. I call this year to be the year of divine possession. I call this to be a year of supernatural glory. I call for this to be a year of all the goodness of God that you have made available where we possess it. This is our year of the glory and we will have it. So Lord, kickstart us now. Ignite something, rev that engine, and let your people propel into 2023 with a fervor. We have a third of the fast left to go, and we are not growing weary. We will lay hold of all that you have for us this year in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. 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 Back to y'all. Amen. Do you receive that? Yeah. If you receive yeah. it, put some hands up in the comments. Do what yeah. Greg and Joni's did. Put something in the comments saying, I receive that today. Yeah. I receive that vision. I receive that faith. I receive all of it. Mm-hmm. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. I receive all of it today. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, yeah. I receive it. Yeah. I receive it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, while you were praying, Barrett, what kept coming in my spirit was unquenchable fire. It's an unquenchable fire that yeah. you are filled with. Yeah. Amen. 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 Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, do us a favor, share this broadcast, because there's people who need to hear this word. And honestly, that's a way that you can sow into this broadcast yeah. uh, as well. The more, the more YouTube sees that people are sharing this, the more they're like, people are liking this. Let's send it to more people. So that's a way that you can sow into this broadcast. Honestly, even commenting is a way that you can sow yeah. into this broadcast. Because whenever mm-hmm. YouTube sees the people are, are engaging and interacting, when you give... Give a like on the on the videos. That that's a way of sewing into this broadcast. Because what YouTube will do is they'll be like, people are liking, people are engaging. Let let's share this with some other people. And then when those other people come in, they can receive a life changing word yeah. that they weren't even expecting that yep. day. So it's very important. You know, we we encourage you guys to do that. Also, you know, if you if we we sew this broadcast into you, but if you want to sew into this broadcast. Uh, financially, you can go to giveww.org. We got Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Text to Give, Cryptocurrency, all of that's available at giveww.org. Um, but we're going to pray over every seed, declare that seed blessed, and just speak vision over that seed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Did you want to pray? Yeah. 
God, I thank you for every person that is sowing today and in the future. Lord, I thank you that as they sow, they can expect to receive that possession from you, Lord. They can expect that word coming alive in them, that manifestation of your vision in their lives over their finances. God, I thank you that people are led exactly what you want them to sow. Nothing more, nothing less, God. And I thank you for that blessing over the seed that's sown. May it be pressed down, shaken together, and running over into the sower's laps. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.